This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast. Sponsored by fanduel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast, episode 22. I'm your host, Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk, and I am here, along with Nick Philpott and Lucy White, to ease you back into Crystal Palace life after a blissful week off. We will later be joined by Adam from the Middlesbrough Supporters South podcast to get the lowdown on Borough and hearing your predictions before the panel will share our all-time Palace 11s with you. But for all of that, remember to head over to holradio.net forward slash subscribe to ensure that you never miss another whole radio podcast. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. After um, a glorious 10, 10 days or so without Crystal Palace, we're back with the whole radio preview podcast and I'm joined by Lucy White. Hello, Lucy. Hi, Terence. Hi, and Nick Philpott's back. Hey, good evening, everyone. Good evening. So um, how are we feeling after the, the extended break? It's been fantastic. We haven't lost the game. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't won one did, either, uh, but we haven't did, lost did, the game. I think the under-18s lost, didn't they, or the oh. development team? I don't know. We still managed to find a way. Um <laughs> I've been enjoying the football that's been on um, in and around it anyway, um, particularly the Sutton-Arsenal game was one. So, Lucy, did you watch the Sutton-Arsenal game? Uh, no, I was at darts. But oh, had... yeah, that's right. You won the plate, right? You won. You won. Yeah. My, uh, my um, Monday night mixed team, we won the plate final. So, it was on in the background, but I had um, other priorities. <laughs> <laughs> was that, um, did you complete an 18-dart finish? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously coming out of that game, I've just it was quite an interesting concept and it's been talked about a lot with the Sutton goalkeeper um getting ditched by Sutton after the eight eight to one bet. What what were your thoughts on that, Nick? Well, don't forget most of the time I've been I've been away through it. I did watch the game, I watched it live in Dublin. Um and then I saw all this for all because I saw him eating a pie live. I, I, I was a bit disappointed that it, first of all that he got sponsored by that uh, newspaper, mm. anyway. Okay, I'm yeah. not going to go. I was, I was a little bit suspect about it, but uh, he's uh, he's a professional or a semi-professional player. He knows the rules on betting. So, what you know, part of me thinks, give the guy a break. And, mm. you know, it's now it's now cost him his livelihood. But he he was stupid. In, he was stupid for doing it, wasn't he? Yeah, I think it's it's a little bit of a weird one. I'm, I was talking about it on Twitter with a few people, and I think you look at. You know, those bets they do to try and the offers they do to try and entice new customers in when they're saying, you know, get 40 to one on Manchester United to be playing in red in their next home game. <laughs> and but you can only bet like a maximum of a pound and so on. When I, As soon as I saw that there was odds, there was a market on him to eat a pie. It was obviously a gimmick. There was obviously something going on and it was obvious that it was going to happen. Um, now, the you know, I don't even want to say their name. The betting company is saying that you know they've paid out five figures to one person and so on. So, I'd, I'm, I'm, I think it's a bit harsh on the guy. I think you know it was obviously a gimmick. There's a lot 
with them just sponsoring that one game, there was obviously them trying to get as much coverage as possible. And unsurprisingly, they're, they're prepared to sacrifice someone's livelihood to get, you know, they knew what was going to happen to him. And they're prepared to do that because they've shown enough in the past that they have no morals whatsoever. So um, You've just taken the words right out of my mouth, Terence. It just goes to show that they've got no morals, have they? And yeah, yeah. Well, done, well done for using that word. Well, so anyway, so we'll move on for that. From one um, sort of food to another, loose, tasty jerk. For the, for the second time in three years, it's been awarded a 0 out of 5 hygiene rating. Have you ever eaten there? <laughs> no, I haven't, thankfully. But it always smells amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so they were saying, um, this was reported in the Quid and Advertiser, I think it was earlier today, there was, uh, saying, uh, there's literally no facilities, uh, no soap or anything for the people in there to who work in there to wash their hands. There's not even any in the toilets. <laughs> Um, that their fridges are apparently filthy, and um, you know, 2013 they had a report saying <laughs> they found dead cockroaches in the in the kitchen back there, but it still manages to survive. So, um, are you going post-match celebrations for some jerk chicken, uh, Nick? I've only ever eaten in there once, and that was actually I think it was even this season. I think it was, um, and I walked in there, and I used to be in the food game, so I'm I'm pretty clued up on what the public hygiene should be, <laughs> and I and I and I have to say to you, um, if you if I can express it that it's limited, <laughs> <laughs> I'm being I'm being really fair because it was it was pretty basic in there, and it, you know there's no. There's no separation of the meat. So they've got the fresh meat before it's cooked. Oh. There's no there's no separation in different areas or in any fridge that there should be. The, mm. their, their chiller cabinet at the front there, it's seen better days and just needs replacing. It's just it's all awful. <laughs> no, I won't be... Morley's. Oh. <laughs> Morley's, oh. There you go. Get the tasty chicken wars going on there. <laughs> South London chicken shops at war. Other, other fine food restaurants are available. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I think you should type up that review, Nick, that you just gave on Google. I think people will love that. Oh, yeah. But then I'll, do, say, I'll, I'll do another Phil Potts, shall I? Yeah, that would be... <laughs> we'll get on to we'll Phil Potts in a minute. Um, my, my dad actually said uh, the best food he ever ate was in a restaurant that had cockroaches climbing up and down the wall in Jamaica. So you, um, you never know. <laughs> but from one establishment to another, Crystal's is closing down. Um, Nick, obviously you'll be very sad to hear that because that's uh, your, your usual haunt, isn't it? Yeah, it's my normal meeting place. In fact, it's the first place I've met the gorgeous Lucy White. Um, there's, <laughs> but I do use it every Saturday because it's just nice to get to the ground early, have a couple of beers before it gets packed in there. I mean, at two o'clock, it's a, it's a waste of space, the place, because you can't get anywhere near the bar. But uh, I normally get in there about one-ish just to, so you can actually have a couple of pints before the game. I'm sorry to see it go, but I don't actually know... I don't know if anybody else knows or whether it's been announced what the development part of the ground mm. is that they're talking about. I know they're, yes. they're closing it for that development, but what is it? I don't know. It's very exciting. Have you heard anything, Lucy? No, I haven't. Um, yeah. Only the usual stuff about like they're turning the ground 90 wow. degrees or something and you know the usual rumours that we've, we've all heard. Yeah, so face it to east and west Norwood instead of north and south. Yeah. <laughs> There's no uh, there's no planning applications in there to the best of my knowledge because I did because I'm a bit sad like that I did actually check it a couple of months ago when the subject came up of uh, I think oh, it was it was after Steve Parrish came on I checked mm. it I, che I checked the following day and there was absolutely because he 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 made a cryptic message if you remember by saying that um, yeah there will there will be something but there was certainly nothing in there recent to that interview with Steve Parrish that's for sure but I haven't checked it recently. Well, we will wait with bated breath. Um, and obviously you saying that it's useless in there at 2 o'clock. Of course, you mean at 2 o'clock in the morning after you've gone after the game, right? For that yeah. famous old deer's night. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Saturday's the bingo night, actually. I think. All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it isn't Saturday night. It's the MILF's night or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's the I've one. Been you know. I've yeah. been there on a Saturday. What, it's Saturday night? What's it like? Um, I had a great night. I was quite intoxicated but let's just say <laughs> there was a lot there's a lot of large women in South Norwood. <laughs> larger larger than Wayne the Sutton goalkeeper. Yeah yeah I think they'd give him a run for his money, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> what he's eight to one money. <laughs> um right let's move on from Crystal's uh Steve Mandanda is um 
been quoted in the press today uh, saying it would be a great pleasure to return to Marseille was the headline of the Evening Standard article. Now, obviously, um, they like to mislead, get a bit sensationalist with their articles. And uh, the full quote was quite simply, everyone knows the attachment I have for Marseille. It would be a great pleasure to return to Marseille because my feeling for the club is enormous. If I have to return to France, it will be with Marseille and nobody else. Luce, do you think he should just be sidestepping this question a little bit more or do you, do you think that, that there's anything wrong with this quote? No, not really. Um, to quote uh, the very much loved Patrick O'Connor, you know, I don't really care what he said. He's still better than Wayne Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. it's, it's imagine if Julian Speroni went off to another club and then uh, was asked a question of, would you ever return to Crystal Palace? His answer yeah. would undoubtedly be yes and exactly. I think Mandanda is very much the same in in that sense um, hopefully with a bit of luck he can get fit and um, you know when he starts actually putting performances in for the team uh, we might actually see people cut him a little bit more slack because I think he's been getting quite a lot of sticks today and I think for a few podcasts back I've certainly given some stick for another sort of ill-timed quote but reading this one in full I think it's certainly been blown out of context a little bit um, the last thing I want to touch on before we get into talking about uh, the Borough game is um, the Homestyle Fanatics. They they did a fill pot <laughs> <laughs> on, on on the tourists. Um, obviously, the club posted up a tweet saying, um, you know, last chance to get your international memberships for the season, for your chance to come to a game at Sellers, you know, which gets people from other countries into Sellers Park to watch games. Um, and the HF said the club needs to see the resentment it builds up with the hardcore fans by pandering to tourists shouldn't be let in the ground, let alone welcomed. Now, the reason I've put, uh, brought this up is because a few people have uh, said, was I having a dig at the HF when, for those who know me will know it was my stag do this past weekend and um, I headed over to Amsterdam and Utrecht for four days and I went to see Utrecht play Zwolle in um, the Dutch Premier League and um, I posted a picture and uh, just saying that the fans are really welcoming and uh, looked after us and... Uh, all of that, and it didn't. It, it eradicated Palace out of my brain so much that I wasn't even thinking anything about tourists or anything like that. But um, I thought about, it and you know, I I went to that game, and I I ingratiated myself with the home fans, and I went and watched the game. I took one picture, which the guy requested that he takes a picture with the whole with all of us, and we watched the game. We tried to learn the songs. We celebrated when they scored. And we got involved. And um, when you're looking towards the international Palace fans, a large majority of them are Palace fans, expats and so on, have gone all around the world. And uh, they have to have these international memberships so they can come back and they can get tickets when they come to, when they come to England and so on. And these are the people supporting it. Now, I think, again, talk about getting taken out of context, uh, everyone, all the international fans jumped on the HF here. And I think there is an element that it could have been, it's, it's certainly been misconstrued because I think that, they're talking about the people that come with their selfie sticks and, you know, they're wearing Liverpool scarves and they've bought the whole club shop and they've got half and half scarves and all of that business are the ones they're talking about, the ones that are not actually trying to come and add anything to the game. They're just coming for the, the spectacle that is the Premier League. And I think that's what they, they were getting at there. Um, Nick, would you would you agree with that? Or do you think um, that they've been a bit silly or just it was just a bit misguided? You know, well, you know all about that, after all. No, 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 no. <laughs> Au contraire. I stand by everything I've said, OK? I, I will not be controversial tonight. Lucy will be pleased to know, OK? Because um, my honest thoughts on it is uh, I get to a point what they were trying to say. A bit like me, it came over in the wrong way. What mm. they're trying to say is that it had it, the amount of tourists that we do get in the club, and I think they are absolutely beneficial to they are the not the lifeblood that's not true but they are certainly well worth having in the club but they do have a slightly adverse effect on the atmosphere that they create if you, i mean the, the classic one i have to say is i think i don't know what game it was back in the last year but for some particular reason i ended up in the arthur wait um and when i was in the arthur wait i was absolutely surrounded by uh, Taiwanese, Japanese, uh, you know, mm. lots of Oriental fans who had come just to experience the day. Uh, Dutch, there was French in there. Yeah, th they enjoyed the game, but they were very quiet. So I think that's probably what the HF were alluding to a little bit—that they have uh, a, a slightly negative effect on the on the 
volume within Selhurst Park. I would assume that that's what they were talking about. Yeah, well, I think there's also for me. I've I've bought a few um, German guys the games as well. So friends yeah. of my um, my fiance's uh, girlfriends and so on. And you know, I've I've said to them, look, you're coming into my stand where we sing, everyone sings all game long. Here are a list of songs. Learn them. <laughs> <laughs> learn as much as you can and the guys they went away they learned the songs they came in they could sing along when they couldn't they said we just made noises and clapped and they got involved and they love it and they, i've brought four german guys to crystal palace games and now they every weekend they're watching our games they stream them they're messaging me about the games they're like what's going on what can we do you know why isn't benteke performing like all of this they're actually shown in interest and it's nice to be able to bring those in but the people who just come for the spectacle and the experience so i th- i think they're right i don't those are the sort of people I, I wouldn't really want in the ground but those aren't the people buying the international memberships are they those Correct. are the people those are the people who are buying tickets off StubHub and so on and go around the box office 10 minutes after kickoff and see the queue of people who got StubHub tickets and can't get in because they're absolutely getting ripped off being sold tickets don't don't work so um I know I, I, I sympathise with them, but I just think it was a little bit misguided. They could have done it in a better way and so on. Uh, they don't even need to direct it. They've, they talk enough about tourists in other tweets and so on. And um, I think it could have just been left at that. But uh, yeah, so no, I, was, I wasn't having a dig at the HF when I was um, talking about going to the Utrecht Stadium. So which tell will... hang on, no, no, we've missed the elephant in the room, of, of course. Tell us about the uh, stag day. Yeah, so that is going to be um, a special edition podcast. It'll take, it'll, take, it'll take me about two hours to get through that. No, so um, what happens in Amsterdam stays in Amsterdam, I'm afraid. Right, we let's have, get on. We, have, we can't ignore the um, fact that they made you wear something. Yeah, what, what did you oh. have to wear, Sel? Good question. Do you, know, do, you know, do you know what's terrible about this is that there was a Brighton fan on my stag do. And I fully expected him to be turning up full kit, full Brighton kit saying you have to wear this. No such thing from him. And then on the third day of the four-day stag, my, the, the Crystal Palace fan I have on the stag do does me dirty and pulls a Brighton shirt out of his bag and says, you've got to wear this. Um, <laughs> thankfully, um, the place we was going didn't allow football shirts, so I only had to wear it while we all sat around and played a game of poker. So, um, But yes, if you've seen a picture of me in the Brighton shirt, um, you can see the disdain and disgust in my face as I'm wearing it. I think you I need think to... I think you need to go and have a long, hard look at yourself. The fact you've actually got a Brighton, Brighton fan as a mate. What's the matter with you? Uh, it, you've got to have Brighton fans as mates so you can take the piss out of them. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Andy's a top lad. He really is. And um, he's the first Brighton fan I've ever known. Um, just It was so funny. He moved into, moved into our... Uh, well, he'd signed the contract to move in on the day before he was supposed to move into our house. He saw a picture of me and my fiance at a Palace game and he's um, messaged her saying... Wait, are you guys Palace fans? I'm not sure I can move in. <laughs> bless him. Uh, yeah, bless him. But no, he's, he's a top lad. He obviously wouldn't have been on my stag if he wasn't. And um, yeah, but he didn't do me dirty. It was it was you, Nick Houghton. I know you list. I know you'll be listening to this, and I'll, I'll get you back one day. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> right. Let's. Well done, Nick. So let's talk Borough. Right. We've got. Um, when Sunderland turned up at Sellers, they'd only scored uh, six away goals all season and promptly found the net four times in the first half. Borough have only eight away goals from home this season. Uh, they've only scored once in their last five games. They only have one away win, which was back in August, and they haven't won in the league at all since December 17th. So, Lucy, when Sam Allardyce comes out in his press conference later this week and says something about respect the point and playing for a draw, are you going to be happy? Um, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> we need to we need to absolutely annihilate them basically. Um it, nothing but a win will do. Yeah, and Nick, so with nothing but a win but will do. Do you think we've got it in our locker because if you I've you know I've reeled off the stats there for Borough. I haven't noted down ours, but they they don't make pretty reading. We we're, we're barely scoring a goal and we're conceding a load. So can we put it out the bag? Yeah, of course we can. I mean, I think what what's in my mind about this game is how we were 
prior to the Sunderland game, we were all pretty buoyant. If you remember, I did predict an absolute tonking for us, <laughs> if you remember, the 4-0 victory. And I've actually yep. got, the, I've got the similar sort of vibe about this game. It's a game that we, A, need to win, B, we should win. And if you look at it on paper, we have the players to go out and, and perform and perform well. This has been a great opportunity for Allardyce to get to work with them without any other interruptions on the training mm. ground for whatever, it, how, how long has it been? 10 days, is it, or whatever yeah. it is? It's and going to be so, two weeks, isn't it, by the time we kick off? Come five o'clock on Saturday night, if the result has gone the wrong way, okay, then the, the board needs to then have a long, hard look at themselves and say, is this the right appointment? Because that's where it will be going. That's where, that's where the fan base will be going as well because of our, our poor recent history. We should, we, we, Lisa is absolutely right. This is nothing else but a win will do. Well, it's interesting you touched on that battle, whether it's the right appointment. A lot of people would just laugh at even the slightest, slightest suggestion of sacking Allardyce. Um, but obviously, Mr. Attention Seeker, as I call him now on uh, Twitter, Simon Jordan, has... Um, he put something very interesting up the other day saying, you know, there's rumours in there's rumours in football and I still hear a lot of them. And one of them is that Sam Allardyce just simply isn't the same man that he was before the England job. So, Lucy, do you think he's got it in his locker to turn it around or do you think England has broken him? Um, to answer the second point, yes. I think what happened was obviously not what he wanted and he's obviously very disappointed. Did he want a pint of red wine, not white wine? (laughs) (laughs) Probably more disappointed himself that it got to that situation and that he did Mm. lose like the biggest job a manager can have, an English manager can have. Um, Can he save us? I still think he can. I am probably one of the few Palace fans that is still confident that we will stay up. Having said that, ask me again on Sunday once I know what happens Saturday. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I said on the, the last whole radio, the, sun, the review show, um, you know, we've got games coming up that we could win. I know that there have been several games that we could have won over the last few months, but, you know, if we want to stay up, we have to win those games. Um you know, there's there's potential where we could nick a point from the bigger clubs that we've still got to play. You know, we've got Spurs coming up. Um, I just think that I think we can do it. And like Albert said, I think we can do it, but whether we will, you know, remains to be seen. But I do think Sam wants to prove that he's still got it in him. Yeah, I think he certainly does. Um, but it's got a goalie. Yeah. It's got a goalless draw written all over it, isn't it? They can't <clears> score. We can't score. But yeah. it says it's got a goalless draw written all over it. They are a lot better defensively than we are. Um, but yeah, I think once it gets to five o'clock on Saturday, if the result's been um, negative for us after Anadice has had two weeks spending spending time with them focusing on this game, as you said, Nick, I think um, if it's anything but a win. It's gonna be. It's gonna, I'm gonna be really, really worried because we've. You know, you should, after, you know, complaining so much about you haven't really had the time and you've had too many games and you've had to focus on too much. This, this is the time for him now. This is where Sam Allardyce really needs to earn his money. And I know he's been training with them at Sellers Park and so on and making them wear the kit. <laughs> Talking about the kit, um, my friend Nick was saying. Apparently, that's just been the problem. If we make them train in full kit, they'll be able to recognise each other. Um, that's, that's, what, that's what you get for wearing a kit that is not red and blue stripes. But we, we won't touch on that now. There's only so much you can do with stripes. Well, the, the reality is we need, to, we need five more wins, OK? And I think we'll be down to 12 games left, is it? 14? Mm-hmm. 14. 14 games. So we need to find five more wins. If we don't pull out a result against Borough, we are in deep, deep doggy doo-doo. I'm telling you now, because I can't... If you look at the running... We're not going to get five wins in that, in that running, so we've got to start mm. picking up those points this weekend. Yeah, we we've certainly got, do. We've still got uh, West Brom, though, and we've still got Watford at home. Yeah. We've still got... Oh, and Burnley at home as well, I think. Yeah, and Leicester. So, mm. you know, there are, there are the games there that we need to win, and then there's the, the bigger games, you know, where we could potentially get something. Yeah. Well, look. Let's just. So, how we how are we going to go about getting a win in this one, loose? Do you um, 
do you go for two up front? Because I think uh, um, when you look back to the Sunderland game, uh, especially uh, sorry, the Stoke game. I don't. Let's not talk about the Sunderland game ever again. <laughs> when you look back at the Stoke game, you know he seemed very reluctant to go two up front, um, even though that we were one nil down. He he didn't bring Remy on until late on. So do you think he's going to take a look at that and say we have to go after Borough and put two up front? I hope so. I think we need Benteke and Remy up front. Um, mm. I don't think. I think if Remy had been brought on sooner for the Stoke game, because he came on at what the 87th minute was it? Mm. Yeah. I think if yep. he'd have been on sort of maybe 15 minutes earlier, we may have had a different result. Um, so yeah, for me, um, definitely attacking with the the two up front. That's right, and um, with two weeks now getting, I'm assuming there's been some games behind closed doors that we don't know about and stuff like that. Do you think um, you're going to put Sacco into that back line, uh, Nick? Uh, it depends on his fitness, doesn't it? Because, I mean, he's, yeah, he's had some games, he'll have had some game time, but uh, I think we need a fresh face. Lucy's point on the 4-4-2, which I presume is what she was alluding to, mm-hmm. you know, at home, you've got to play that 4-4-2. The, to me, the five across the back, that we played against Sunderland wasn't the right move. Um, mm. I think Sacco in for, I'm not even sure, maybe Ward possibly. Um, I wouldn't dare drop Delaney because we've got Lucy on the show. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I'm not brave or stupid enough to do that. Um, but I, I certainly, th- I, I think Sacco should st- certainly start for sure. Yeah, I, w- I would I would say he probably he probably does come in for Damo, assuming Dan's regained fitness. Um for, Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he said, Luz? I oh, know, it's outrageous. Sacrilege. <laughs> well, I think I, I I think it's clear that his head's gone. I think that was clear at the end of the Stoke game. I just really need to I think he needs to be taken out of the fire. But at worst, like, you know, what well, at best he's just gonna do, you know, what return to some sort of form and just be average with it in the back of everyone's mind or at worst he's going to do something stupid again and potentially ruin his self in the eyes of Palace fans and I don't think that should be the case because it should always be appreciated that he's done a lot for us and you know was a key part in promotion has been a key part in keeping us in the Premier League so I think it's really really important that he doesn't damage any further because as much it's just I know that it's built up anger at the end of games and so on and Everyone's furious, and it's because he is a passionate man, and he does want to do well. But I, I don't think facing up the fans is the right thing to do about it. And he's angered me in that way, and I re- and I tried to separate my thoughts from those things. And I, I don't want to look at him in that bad way, you know. I want him to be the Damien Delaney that wore his heart on his sleeve and really put it out there and tried his hardest for the team. And you know, I don't think it's necessarily with him. I think I've said this before. I don't think it's necessarily him trying his hardest for Crystal Palace he's the sort of person who's trying for his teammates and he's you know there are his teammates around him and his friends and his camaraderie and and his personal pride as well I don't think it's so much about the badge I don't think that Damien Delaney has that much of a love for football in general he talks about that um, when he was on the other podcast he was he talks about it a lot in depth you know and was just always talking about himself and his teammates it was never about the team you know for him it doesn't matter who's around him it's his personal pride and his players around him, not the actual, not the actual badge. So, and I don't think I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. And um, if he's, if that led to him putting in the performances that he did in the past, which has, you know, served the the badge so well, then, you know, I'm absolutely fine with that. But like I say, I just don't want it to be, you know, washed down the pan with another stupid event like, you know, whatever happened at Sunderland and Stoke and so on. Um, I've got a a question for you, if you don't mind. Lucy, this is to you as well. Where does Luca fit into the equation this Saturday? Well, for me, um, I think at Stoke he looks very, very assured, very, very calm on the ball. Um, broke up play well, uh, has a decent range of passing when there was actually movement ahead of him. Um, I th- I, I, for me, I just, I really, really do think that he's um, he's going to be a good signing based on what I've seen so far of him. What did you think, Luce? I, I agree. I think he was, um, you know, he certainly has a presence, um, which is mm. what they're lacking. Um, as for where he fits in, I think we'll probably see. Well, Ledley will be dropped. Um, mm. You know, do you drop Kabai? No. Well, I don't. I don't think after this, the, after him coming off against Sunderland, I don't think dropping Kabai is necessarily a good idea. No. So no. Okay. The two of them in the middle with, I don't know. Punch. Uh, 
Punch and Punch and MacArthur, like it's it's Zaha, Schlup. There's a lot of players now in there that you got to think about, and um, I suppose that's a good position to be in. But we yeah. just need some of them to turn up for once. <laughs> which is which was my nice. that was my point. On paper, we have now more or less a fully fit squad, uh, mm-hmm. and squeezing all these players in. And then yep. my own, I think I think my, in my, answering my own question, I think Puncher would make way. Um, he's been making crop circles now for four or five months. He's just going round and round and round in circles. Uh, always a negative pass. And I think he's, he, uh, Luca will make way for Puncher on Saturday. Well, I think we've done a lot of um, I've, I've debated a lot about the value that I think Puncher offers. And I think he's another one who's a little bit in a similar vein to Delaney at the moment. It just, but more the club does mean something to Puncher, and. Yeah. He's just too emotional about it. I just think he's another one who just needs a rest. Just take him out, give him a couple of weeks, yep. let him get some sort of perspective. And then get him back in the team playing in a role that he's, that he's comfortable with and wants to do. As, a, as opposed to you say he's making negative passes there all the time, Nick. But it's, it's options. It's what's being offered to him. He's in the team to try and keep possession and he's trying to hold on to possession. But, you know, he's either got a choice to just lump it downfield or, you know, make the passes... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery you in order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com inside and try and hope that Zaha's movement can unlock them or so on but you know it, it's it's frowned upon us Palace because we're we're fans who are so used to you know just full out attack go fast attack them as quick as you can counter attack where you know Punchin's just not that sort of player and he's very very good at keeping possession but Palace fans aren't particularly keen on it and I think that's why he comes in for a lot of stick from Palace fans which I think is very unwarranted but um you know, we'll, we'll 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 leave it there. I think on the, um, talking about this, I think we'll um, we'll move on now to talking to. We're going to be talking to Adam, who's a Middlesbrough fan from the Middlesbrough Supporters South podcast. So just up after this jingle, we'll be on with Adam. Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk, the next generation of fantasy football. Hi, Adam. It's Terence from Homestyle Radio, mate. Hey there, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. How did your podcast go? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, we blasted through it tonight, so um, hopefully get that uploaded in the next couple of days. Okay, I look forward to listening to that one, see what you've got to say about us. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right, so what I wanted to start with um, was the uh, the Aita Karanka saga, is what I'd want to well, give us a little bit of an overview of what's been going on there because obviously to the outsider um, it looks like he's done a very very good job uh, got you promoted to the Premier League and you're, hold, you're holding your own to an extent So, but you know his job doesn't seem that stable so what's going on there? So I talk around as a bit of a funny character um, he there was obviously an incident last year where he walked out um, just before a Charlton game in the Championship which was a real key point of the season Um and there was a lot of rumours around what really happened there, kind of like a mutiny in the squad kind of thing. But um, <laughs> he, came, he came back, all seemed to be um, sorted uh, with the help of Steve Gibson and the fans got behind him again. Um, and then this season, there was a couple of slide digs at, at the fans. Um, well, not not slide digs, actually quite clear digs, just saying the atmosphere today... Um, hmm. Not not in terms of the whole atmosphere, but in terms of like fans booing and particularly fans chanting to attack, um, attack, attack, attack. Um, he he had a clear dig at the fans there, which um, never never really goes down well. Yeah, um, yeah, and and then further on from that, there was a few comments about the chairman and, and the the players in, the team involved, the staff involved with buying players in January after a few transfer targets went through, which 
which also didn't didn't go go down too well. You can imagine with with other management. So, yeah, I think there was definitely a, a critical period where it did seem that we could, if if results were if we if we'd lost a couple of games, we drew. Um, we could have sacked Rank and leave, I think. But now, now that the window is closed, and now that um, we can just crack on with football, I think I think everyone's behind him. Okay, so talking about the transfer window, how, how do you feel you did in that? It was, it was an interesting one for Borough. It felt like there was a lot of big name targets linked. So Jesse Rodriguez, Bojan, Snodgrass, um, they were the main ones that were linked, um, and we thought we were going to get one of them. Um, obviously looking in, in kind of like the right winger position uh, was where we mm. thought we needed to strengthen. In the end, we, we got three signings, so Rudy Gestead, Patrick Bamford and Guediora from, from Watford, yep. uh, which was a deadline death signing that nobody really expected and it didn't really excite anyone. It was, a, it was a pretty much a big disappointment given the kind of names we were linked with um, in the days running up to that. Um, obviously, Palace fans very familiar with with Patrick Bamford. Um, <laughs> also, Guardiola as well. We 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 had Guardiola for about a season and a half as well. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah he's, he's he's quite a character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, it's a bit. He's a bit of an unknown for for Borough fans. I know he had a, he had a stormer against us when we were back in the Championship for Watford, but yeah, mm. since then no one really knows that much about him. Um, and Watford fans weren't exactly too. Um, too happy about him so yeah I, I, I mean it, on the face of it it doesn't look like the best three signings because yeah. um, Ted's struggling to get a starting place in the Villa team in the championship but it's actually pretty pretty positive the way we've seen them come into the team and, and we have seen players like Fabio um, who we signed in the summer which was a similar kind of signing where fans didn't really realise why we did it Mm. But he's actually turned out to be one of our signings of the season. So I think yes. I think I think we just see how they fit in, and, and the main thing is that the manager's happy to to play them and use them. Because before that we had we had Jordan Rhodes um, and mm. a couple of other players who the manager just didn't think he on and, and didn't play that often. Yeah, well, I saw it in the highlights from the Everton game. I thought Rudy Goodstead was very unlucky not to score with. Um... I think it was Joel in goal, wasn't it? Who made a, a great save, tipping the ball just over the bar. Yeah, that was that was a cracking error, and that was the, that was the first we've really seen of Gusted um, doing what we've bought him for. Really, he's only had ten minutes at the end of a couple of prem games, and then he scored his first goal against Oxford at the weekend, which was a, a bicycle kick. So it was always nice to see. <laughs> Always nice to see. Um, so, obviously, you've, um, you beat Oxford, as you just said, there in the cup, and you got a very, very good draw against uh, Inform Everton side. So, how do you how do you feel the form's going at the moment? Um, it's actually Huddersfield or, or Man City. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's okay. But, um, no, sorry, I meant you beat, you beat Oxford. Was that right? Yeah, we beat Oxford, yeah. Yeah, so you beat Oxford and got a good draw against Everton. Sorry, that's what I was getting at, yeah. Oh, right, a good draw, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, yes, the the form, I mean, the the performances have been really positive, I think, just even though we've not really, we've, well, we've not had a win um, since early December, uh, which is against Swansea. So that's, that's obviously a worry, but we've seen a, a turnaround in performances and, and looking a bit, bit better going forward but I'm sure you've heard from everyone everyone knows that Milton's issue is is attacking and it's, yeah. it's actually having any, any shots on goal <laughs> which yeah. um, is, is, is quite worrying well yes yeah, it's, it's kind of um, similar for us you know um, Sam Allardyce came in and we could we was conceding a lot but we're scoring a lot as well um, since he's come yeah. in we're conceding a lot and just not scoring any now so um, <laughs> he, he sorted yeah, one no, of them out <laughs> But yeah, it was look, 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 looking back earlier. We was talking earlier on in the show, um, you know, about the lack of goals, and um, I think you've only scored eight away from home all season. Only scored once in the last five, and only one one away from home, and that was back in August. So um, yeah, I think you were shooing for three points on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that's kind of how Sellers Park works. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, I'm going to end on this one with uh, who do you? Um, if you had to give a player of the season now to someone at Borough, who would it be? Who are we looking out for? Um, up to now, I'd say 
Uh, I mentioned earlier Fabio has been superb. Mm. Um, I also think Victor Valdez has been superb. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd say it's between. I'd, I'd say that them two have been superb, but the the overwhelmingly outstanding player of the season is, is Ben Gibson, yeah. who's got to be. He's got to be in the next England squad. He's mm. he's been absolutely quality all season. Really stepped up. He's still only twenty three. Um, yeah, he's he's got a massive career ahead of him, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if if big clubs come calling in the summer. He's already been yeah. linked with Chelsea, um, but yeah, he's he's barely put a foot wrong all season, and and we've we've got uh, defend, we've conceded fewer goals than than Arsenal and City this year. There's only, there's only I think it's Arsenal and United and Everton mm. who've conceded less goals than us. Yeah. So yeah, that just shows how good our defence has been there. And, and Gibson's obviously the fantasy football bargain of the season, I think, this year. Um, every, everybody's gotten in there cl- collecting points. Um, so <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll end with um, a prediction. What, what do you think the score is going to be on Saturday? I think Borough are going to win it 1-0. And I think, um, I think it's going to be in Grado to get the goal. Yeah, and you, you, and you cut me, you cut me a... deep. That's, that is going <laughs> to redo our predictions in a little bit on the show. And that's my exact prediction. <laughs> Yeah. So spo- spo- <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a, a pretty tense, nervous, ultimately probably quite drab game, yeah. um, which I know you, you're not usually used to seeing at Palace because uh, they're quite entertaining uh, for one way or the other. Yeah, gift, gifting Sunderland three goals on the stroke of half time is not what I define as entertaining, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> um, will, will you be yeah. heading to the game? I'm I'm actually on a stag do in Liverpool, but the other boys that do the podcast are ahead in there. It's the first uh, it's the first London game I'm missing this year, so uh, which is a bit of a shame. But I'll be tuning in however I can uh, from Liverpool. I had my stag do last weekend, so good good luck. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not mine, but um, yeah, we'll make sure the stag. Uh, it was a borough fan actually, but we we'll make sure he. Uh, he doesn't remember any of the day. So. Yeah. Well, make sure you really. put him in, in a Sunderland shirt or something, because that's what happens to me. I've got to put in a Brighton shirt. So, look, anyway, Adam, thank you very much for joining us, mate. And um, we'll probably be in contact to talk to you next season, mate. Cool. Thanks very much. Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by fanduel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Right, so that was um, Adam there before that jingle from the Middlesbrough Supporters South podcast. So um, if you type that into uh, your podcast apps, that will come up and you can have a little listen to them. Nice, short, brief podcast, unlike us rambling on like this. Um, right, let's um, have some predictions now. Got, got some tasty ones here from Twitter. We've got Phil Morgan's gone 2-0 Palace. He won't be in attendance, so we're bound to win without him. Tim Green's also gone 2-0 for Palace. Zaha and Milivojevic. Or Luca, as we'll just call him, a must-win game. If we have any hope of surviving, five more wins needed. Alluding to, well, echoing, sorry, there what you said earlier, Nick. Uh, Nick Houghton says five-two. Not saying which way after the Sunderland game. <laughs> Lady KK will be at work and is therefore guessing a defeat, so her colleagues can take the maximum piss out of her. Pasta says that Fat Sam will get. <laughs> well, can I say this? A leaf Raumish enema off the back of an own goal and a one-nil win. <laughs> Oh, Pasta. Um, uh, that's uh, Brolin's Hoover from anyone who remembers back in the day on um, uh, the old... What was it? Was he in One More Point? Uh, or Palisaco? I can't remember. I think it was One More Point. Uh, Sam Heskiff of Flying High Magazine simply says, Defeat! While David Willis, in a similar vein, predicts pain. Uh, up to Steve says, A resounding 1-0 win and a free beer in crystals after... Joe Measure is going for a nil-nil draw and he's put a monkey with hands over his eyes emoji. And Grant Gillard, um, brother of Nick Gussets Gillard on Ho Radio, has gone 2-0. Benteke and Remy, the great, esti- uh, the great escape, which is easy for me to say, starts on Saturday. Um, coming in, Nick. You, you said 4-0 last time. and um, <laughs> I was right. You, you, so what did you say for the Stoke game? can't remember. Oh, no, I can't remember now. Can't yeah, it wasn't now. right, was it? Well, whatever it is. I can't, I can't remember because I'm old. I'll, I'll do it for you. <laughs> right, okay. My prediction for this this weekend. We will go 1-0 down. We'll be losing 1-0 at half time. And we will come back and win 2-1. Okay. And I, I agree Ben Teke will score. Jury's out on the, on the other one. But 
a Van Van Arnholt screamer, I think. Okay, and Lucy, what are you going for? I am going to go for a very late one nil win. You won't see it, will you? <laughs> I'm sorry. That was. That was, that I, was, was I was waiting. I was waiting to say something. <laughs> well, could you imagine a, lot, a late winner in this one will be? Um, there'll be some magical scenes down oh, at Sellers, I think. Limbs everywhere. Yeah. As um, as I already said when we were talking to Adam just a bit back there, um, I'm, unfortunately, I'm, I was close to a nil-nil, but I. I I just think they're going to win one nil. I just, re- I just can really, really see it happening. And really? um, yeah, I, I really can, mate. I just, I, I know it's miserable and it's not what everyone wants to hear. But Judas, yeah. In, until, until we, um, until I'm proven otherwise by our players and our manager, I just, I can't see how we're going to heave our way out of this. But um, it remains to be seen. So. Next up, uh, Steve Browett shared his all-time Palace eleven this week on eagles.cpfc.co.uk. That was a tongue twister. Um, and we're going to follow suit and we're going to share our all-time 11s with you after this short jingle. Homestale Radio, Freeview Podcast, sponsored by fanduel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Right, so Steve Browett went for a, a 4-4-2 with his team. Uh, did you guys did you guys see this video? No. Yes. Yeah, no and a yes. Well, it's, it's, wor- it's worth the watch, mate. So okay. um, I recommend going and have a watch, especially considering it's full of players that were playing when you were a wee nipper. Um, <laughs> so he went for John Jackson in goal, Kenny Sampson, Nathaniel Klein, John McCormick, Jim Cannon, Jeff Thomas, Alan Whittle, Don Rogers, Peter Taylor, Ian Wright and Mark Bright. Um, who, who? Let's start with you, Lucy. Um, you know, I threw this on you about half an hour before the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> so who, who are you? Who are you going with in goal? Nigel Martin. Nigel Martin. Okay, and bear, bear in mind, everyone, that we've done this based on people we've seen live. So it's not, uh, you know, I started going to Palace in 1994 was my first game. So you know, Wright and Bright are out for me, and Jeff Thomas and so on. So those are those can't be included in our teams. It's who you saw. So obviously, when we get to Nick, he'll he'll have Peter Simpson in his team undoubtedly. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, Lucy. So yeah, we started with Nigel Martin. Um, I don't yeah. think anyone has any arguments there. He was a great goalkeeper. Yeah, well, but, I've but, been going since... Oh, well, my first game, I was two years old and my dad took me. So I don't really remember it, but I've been going since then. So that's like 30-odd years mm. now. So old, You can't be old enough, Luce. No, I don't look it, do I? <laughs> you certainly do not. Um, right, who are you going for in defence? Right, so do you want one at a time or do you just want me to tell them all? Yeah, you can go, you can do it however you want, babe. Okay, so I've got Nathaniel Klein. Mhm. Then I've got Jose Font. Yep. Eric the Ninja Young. Good girl. Mm. And Ashley Cole. Ashley Cole. Right. Do you want to um? Get, so Eric the Ninja Young. I don't. I don't think there's any arguments. I guess Jose Font is kind of one that I haven't seen included much in all the ones that people are throwing around on social media. So what was you thinking behind Font? Just because I loved him. And I just, <laughs> I oh, hang on. Yeah, can we have, yeah, let's, Damo's not in Damo's there. Damo's not here. I know, I know. He'd definitely be on the subs bench, but. All oh, right, okay. I was thinking more <laughs> of performers rather than who I thought was hot. <laughs> I could have done that. <laughs> well, Jose Fon's not a bad looking guy, is he? Well, no. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> okay, so are you, are you going 4 4 2? Sorry, did you say that yeah, already? 4 4 2. Okay, so who's your midfield? Okay, so from right to left, I would have Wilf, mm-hmm. Lombardo, yep. Jeff Thomas, because yep. he was my first love at Palace. <laughs> he was the one, <laughs> and, a, and a great footballer as well. Well, yeah, Very, yeah, that too. But he was the one that I always remembered, and I always wanted to see, and just because he mm. was, he was phenomenal. And then out on the left, punch. Okay. Um, and who you got up front? I have Mr. Ian Wright and the one and only Dougie Friedman. Okay, right. So, um, 
going across the midfield, I think um, based on recent, I'd probably switch Punching with Lombardo. I'll stick Lombardo out wide and put Punch in the middle. Mm-hmm. But I quite I quite like the look of that midfield. Um, obviously, I say I never saw Jeff Thomas play for Palace, but I did. Um, I was obviously seen enough video footage, and I did see him play against Palace for Wolves a few times. And um, very very good footballer, um, Dougie Friedman. <laughs> we all know my feelings on Dougie Friedman. <laughs> I told him in that interview how much I loved him, and um, yeah, so everyone knows that. And of course, Ian Wright. Um, I guess if you if you saw him play, it's hard not to put him in your team. So let's let's move over to. Um, uh, I'm, I'm I'm guessing we're going to see some slightly different here, some more 70s infused teams. So without further ado, Nick, tell us what you got. Well, first of all, I need to congratulate you. You have, for the regular listeners to this pod, you'll always know that <laughs> Terence likes to drop something on us the last minute. This, this time, okay, I'm actually stepping off the plane at Gatwick Airport this afternoon, okay, when he's texted me, give me your favourite 11, okay? Um, so I've written this literally on the back of a fag packet, okay? So well done, Terence, for your fine effort. You couldn't do any better, okay? I so, didn't, didn't realise that the rubber industry was such a jet set lifestyle mate <laughs> well there you go well there you go right so whilst Lucy's shout with Nigel Martin is not making me kick myself because I should have cho- chosen him I actually went mm. with John John Jackson well there you've shared it with uh, Mr Browett there so yeah, no shame okay, well there. bear in mind I haven't I didn't see the interview that you're talking about so these are mm. my talented most talented players and when I get to the midfield you'll see that it doesn't work because I haven't mm. got a balanced midfield but anyway uh, on the <laughs> Again, left. this is just like the Browett video. He said exactly the same thing. He goes, I don't think this team would necessarily gel together, but um, no. <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway. Oh, I didn't see that, but again, you'll see this yeah. later on. So, Kenny Sampson on the left. Yep. Paul Hinchwood on the right. Mm-hmm. Eric the Ninja Turtle alongside... <laughs> <laughs> alongside Jimmy Cannon. Jimmy Cannon, yep. Okay, so that's... Okay, yeah, well, um, yeah, I mean, I... I um, I've just caught the end of Eric Young um, and I saw him obviously play a lot of times on TV and so I'm a very, very good player there. Kenny Sampson, I uh, don't think there's any arguments. Um, undoubtedly one of the best left-backs the game's ever probably seen. And um, uh, Hinshelwood, I, I didn't see Hinshelwood play. And um, Jim Cannon's obviously, you don't get 680-odd games under your belt without being a, a decent footballer, do you? Exactly. So. Move into so, your midfield. So that, there you can see that I have dipped back into my earlier days of supporting Palace there. Um, my midfield will not work because of how it lines up, but I've gone with Lombardo, agreeing with uh, Lucy, Peter Taylor, mm-hmm. Vince Hilaire and Wilfred Zaha. <laughs> All right, like you, you, you are literally just like Garth Crooks there. You've gone, I'm going to play four wingers. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. I put four wingers on. Um, I did actually have, initially, I wrote down Kabai because of what he could bring to the game, although we, we haven't seen it. Uh, mm. So I, I actually took him out and put in Peter Taylor. Okay. All right, and I knew you got up top. Okay. Ian Wright and Andy Johnson. Okay. What's your, what's your, like, why would, what's your thinking in choosing Johnson over Bright, for example? <sighs> My son said to me, I should have gone with uh, Mark Bright, okay? Because when I came home, I told him what, what we were doing. And he, he just laughed. He said, well, if they were our most prolific and successful uh, striker partnership of all time, why would you not pair them together? I said, well, because the AJ selection was simply because of how he came to the club. He was a make-weight um, uh, transfer. He was mm. not doing very much at Birmingham. And he came in to be one of the most prolific strikers we've ever had. That's why I chose him over Mark Bright. Whilst I love what Bright has done for the club, especially since, because of what he's doing, uh, working uh, behind the scenes at Palace, he's, he's, doing, he's doing fine. Do, do, do you know what he does? Uh, he looks after the lone players, doesn't he? Oh, right, OK, yeah. Okay. yeah. Go on. And, uh, I, don't, well, I don't feel, I, if you think, though, um, I think when Mark Bright joined from Leicester, I don't, I don't think he was particularly in, in favour there. I think it was a reserve team game that Steve Copper went and watched him and plucked him out of and said he can do a job in the in the first team for us. So um, no, no, I, I know, I know where you're getting. At. I mean, it, you know, no, nobody expected Andy Johnson to come along and do what Andy Johnson he came, did. He came from nowhere, and in my mm. opinion, Mark Bright's success was off the back of uh, Ian Wright's success. 
yeah, they made a great partnership and they did make a wonderful partnership. Okay, but mm. I, you know, just because of where the Johnson thing came from, um, yeah, maybe Lucy's right, maybe it should have been Dougie Friedman. Okay, but my, you asked me for my selection and that was it. No, very nice. Um, I've been I've been a bit skeptical about whether I actually want to share mine or not. Go on, um, do it. The listeners want it. And it, um, it can change a little bit here and now. I, I, I'd really quite like to do um, a bit of a statistical-based one to actually look at, for example, Clinton Morrison doesn't make my 11. I loved Clinton Morrison. Uh, but I think if looking at Morrison versus how many penalties he didn't sc- like Morrison didn't score penalties, you know, like Morrison, a lot of Morrison's goals and there was over a hundred of them. It'd be a very, very small percentage of penalties versus your likes of who I've got in my forward line. But, um, I'll share it. Um, it's going to be probably quite controversial, <laughs> but this is based on players I've seen. Um, it, it's, I'm gutted that I've chose Nigel Martin and go over Julian Sproni. I really want to choose Julian Sproni. I really do. But, you know, Nigel Martin was international class when I was watching him and he obviously went on to play for England a lot of times after first, he left first us. First million pound goalkeeper ever. First so. million pound goalkeeper. Great Tash. I mean, his, ta- <laughs> his Tash is much better than Julian Sproni's beard ever could be. So, yeah. um, no, no, I loved, I obviously love Jules. And, um, but, you know, Nigel Martin was just an app. It was different gravy, I think. Uh, Nathaniel Klein, I don't think I'll ever see a better right back at Palace. Um, obviously, the opposition, the class of opposition we was playing against was a lot lower than what he plays against now. But uh, he just the pace in his game and the way he read the game so young, and he just took to the right back position so comfortably. It was just really, really amazing to watch. And then, you know, obviously in the 2009-10 season when he decided to stay with us instead of going to Wolves and all sorts of things, you know, I just, I have a lot of time from Nathaniel Klein. Uh, any other fullback position, uh, Dean Golden, love Dean Golden. He's absolute hammer of his left foot. Um, always up and down the flank, always giving 100% and just really Over Kenny Sampson, really? Uh, this is people I've seen play, sir. Oh, right, of course, yeah. I, I was born after Kenny Sampson left Palace, I think. So, um, <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> um, Centre-backs, uh, Tony Popovich, uh, big fan of Pops, um, you know, and he's you know, gone on now. He did, he did, had a good spell with us coaching as well. And um, his centre-back partner would be someone who he coached at the club, I mean, Anthony Gardner. And uh, <laughs> Anthony Gardner is definitely a very controversial one. But um, yeah. I think when you plucked him out of our team that season, when he got injured, we barely conceded a goal before he got injured. He got injured and we started shipping goals left, right and centre. Couldn't win a game. And I think during the time that he got injured to when he came, we well, didn't actually come back because that was it. He left at the end of the season. Um, we only won three in 27. So um, I think he was a very, very underrated player. Very, just very assured. And unlike some of the players we have now, you can see, what, for me, you can see why he um, got an England cap. But um, <laughs> yeah, so all fire your tweets at me at Red and Blue Army One. You know where I am. Um, <laughs> going, going into the midfield, um, I've gone for balance in here. Um, so in, cent- in the centre of the park I've gone Mila Jednak uh, I think time will look back on him f- uh, very very kindly when people actually you know it's, it's all still a bit in it now he's still playing but I think when you get 5-10 years down the line and you start to look back at our squad during the time that we got promoted versus these four seasons of staying up and getting to a cup final and so on I think everyone will look back on Jednak and will realise that he is undoubtedly a club great Um Next, next swim in midfield, I've gone James McArthur. Um, I think he's probably our modern-day Jeff Thomas. He's an E up, up and down, yeah. good passing range, um, can score goals as well. So um, that's I've a great got, shout actually because he nearly, he nearly made my eleven as well. Mm. Uh, on the flanks, I've got um, Wilfred Zaha. Uh, I don't think I really need to explain that. I think <laughs> especially the way he's kicked on this season, and um, and on the other flank, I've got God, um, as I call him, Attilio Lombardo. Uh, just quite simply the best player I've ever seen in a Palace shirt. Although Zaha is is getting there, he's he's, he's approaching him. Um, and then up front, uh, obviously, Dougie Freeman, the love I have for the man is real. <laughs> and I've gone Johnson, and you know it could have been it could have been Glenn Murray um, for balance, more for balance because the way Glenn Murray holds the ball up and so on. I think um, he was the perfect target man and um, was unlucky not to get into my eleven. 
And obviously, as I say, Clinton Morrison scored. He was the first player I ever saw his whole career. I saw his debut against Sheffield Wednesday all the way through to him retiring recently. So um, he's undoubtedly a sign that I am getting old. So that's why he misses out over Andy Johnson in there. So, yeah, so that's my... um, my 11 and thank you guys for sharing it um if you head over to twitter at cpfc um they there's been a lot of people sharing their all-time 11s on there and it's made very very interesting reading for me this week so um head over there to see what everyone else has got to say uh right after this um little jingle we'll be back Homestel Radio Freeview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Right, that's that's it, guys. Um, thanks to Adam from the Middlesbrough Support South Podcast for joining us, and thanks also go to the wonderful Billiam in the background there for producing the show, pushing all the buttons, and. Um, making sure that we sound good when in reality we really sound rubbish. He just, <laughs> he just brushes us up nicely. Um, the Borough Review Show will be live on Sunday night from 8pm. Head to wholeradio.net or facebook.com forward slash wholeradio to listen live. If you can't listen live, the podcast version will be out from 10pm on Sunday night. This week, Hambo is joined by a very young, in terms of whole radio years, team in Ed Kellaway, Tim Warren and Jack Watson. We will be back in your ears next week with all of the build-up to our trip to Tony Poulis' West Brom. So all that's left to say is thank you to Nick and Lucy. Always out. Thank you, Terence. Well done. Great show. Thank you. And until the next time, up the palace. Homesdale Radio. Freeview Podcast. Sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.